Welcome to Banana Peel Boulevard, the podcast where we take the fall so you don't have to. Now, here's the adult in the room, Becky Harnden, and national award-winning columnist and author, Gary Jordan. Thanks for joining us, friends. Hi. Gary, how you doing today? <laughs> I'm great. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think as a disclaimer right up front, <laughs> I've got a thing with my back uh, and... Um, this taping was set, and uh, I've you know I had a few pain pills, so we're just gonna go with it. Yeah, I, I you know I think reading is gonna be the hard part, but you know, so but no, I'm good. So hi, hi everyone out there. Our friends are in for a treat today. Yeah, I mean I'm just relaxed, you know, and uh, well, that's great because confused. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what's new, really? Yeah, really. Has, does that change anything for us? So how have you been? Good, good. I um, am enjoying the cool weather. I know. This is really nice. And trying to find ways to continue to stay uh, entertained in our current pandemic environment. True. Um, Good news. Um, I love my cool weather wardrobe a lot more than I like my warm weather wardrobe, so... Gary's I'm wearing pants about, and a shirt today. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm pretty <laughs> pumped about like my cool stuff. Sweater weather. So right. And uh so we don't get a lot of that in Florida. So wherever it is that you're listening, if you get that cool weather, we're automatically jealous. So I was just down in Clearwater for a couple of days, and that was just really dull weather. I mean, it's the same every single day. No matter what. It was beautiful. It was the like humidity 73. changes, and that's about it. Yeah. But it was like 73 and perfect, and I just went, it's way too perfect. No, and I, I want variety. So anyway, we'll um, we'll explore that more as we get closer to Christmas, because I got some good Christmas weather chapters and stories. So, But today we're talking about phobias. So if you had to pick uh, the weirdest phobia you know about, what what would it be? The weirdest phobia, well, okay, my most significant phobia is claustrophobia. I mean, small places just freak me out. My weirdest one is probably, well, I don't know if if, it clowns. Clowns. Yeah. For sure, clowns. Yeah, and I clowns were such a cool thing uh, for a long time. And now, I guess when they started showing up in horror flicks... You have bad dreams and that's it. It ends it ends the clown fun. Clowns have the worst public relations counselors. <laughs> <laughs> clowns have it, it taken it clowns are like have gone beneath insurance salesmen. I mean, it's really clowns are so clowns have always been one. Um so, you so know, being I, trapped in a small place with a clown, with a I clown guess. Would be, be the, yeah, right, basically yeah, the worst. Right, yeah. So I looked up a list of common phobias. Um, and they're alphabetical. And I found it funny that um, you pretty much check off every single one. On the list. <laughs> well, when I when I read this story today, I go through a list. So, well, we we start with acrophobia, fear yeah, of heights. Right, right. I got that. Aerophobia, fear of flying. Got that. Arachnophobia. So maybe I should say between the two of us, we check off the whole alphabetical right. list. Right. I mean, spiders, spiders is, are that's my, your problem. Yeah. It, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're listening like to them, this but... and you know my address, if you ever, ever show up with spiders at my house, you're on my hit list. I should tell you, though, only because it's sort of a refresh from previous 
podcasts that we've done, I grabbed a snake and removed it with my hand. Your bare hand? Yeah, I mean, and that snakes to me are just freakish, freakishly unacceptable. And I, my cat showed up with it at the door, big, like it had to be three feet. I mean, it was coming out both sides of the cat's mouth. So it was, it was at least so about six a foot inches. and a half on each side. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I literally, I could see it had a tiny head, not the cat, the snake. And I literally grabbed it right behind the head and walked it out to my neighbors. So, so it is possible to overcome these. Are you now afraid of your hand? No, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> but the fear of flying was what drove this one. I mean, I, it was really bad for a while, and I had a whole series of rituals I had to go through, and and it, it got fixed. And what really got fixed was uh, how to deal with panic attacks. And I thought that was really relevant for people because – a lot of people have panic attacks. Well, I was going to say, as relatable as this article is today for a lot of people, I mean, I everybody I know has some sort of apprehension about flying or, you know, some of these basic things we talk about. But your practical life advice on working through that anxiety caught me off guard. I don't, I still don't know if I will employ it in the use of overcoming arachnophobia. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's that would a be tough a little one. tougher with that mm, one because yeah. you basically have to put a spider on your head no. and let it walk around. <laughs> no. But, but panic attacks are real for a lot of people. And sure. the advice I got from this guy when I was trying to get over my fear of flying was huge. And so that drove this column. And, and by the end of this chapter, you will know how to deal with panic attacks. Little did you know you were going to get actual life advice from Gary today. It's kind of a tease. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's do a read. Let's go for it. Unfriendly Skies. These are the Unfriendly Skies. And the preamble to this chapter in the book says, the only problem I have with flying is that it takes place off the ground. Other than that, it's still pretty unpleasant. Midway through my fear of flying therapy, I realized it wasn't flying that I was afraid of. What freaked me out was plunging to my death in a cigar tube sitting next to a big, sweaty guy from New Jersey. I'll admit I have a few phobias. I don't like tall bridges, flying, heights, snakes, clowns, deep water, or small, confined spaces. Think MRIs. I'm slightly troubled by spiders, movies with subtitles, bad waiters, and loud talkers, but I don't put those in the phobia category. Slowly, I'm finding ways to cope with all these life interruptions. I figured out how to deal with the MRI issue. I had gotten pretty bad, and I felt like I was being loaded into a torpedo tube. Despite my brain telling me it was a medical procedure, my gut told me there was a guy looking through a periscope searching for a target. Even with enough Valium to stop a panther, I was still able to only last a few minutes. And then a smart technician put a washcloth over my eyes, and I could do it because I didn't see it. Remember that one for all you future MRIers. I try and work around other phobias. So unless I'm trapped in a tiny car with clowns going over a tall bridge on the way to an airport, I can usually manage things. If we absolutely have to drive over a tall bridge, Bernice gets behind the wheel. In Delaware, home of a ridiculously high bridge, they actually have folks who 
you can pay to drive your car across. Pretty much the only good reason to live in Delaware. Apparently, you hand the driver your keys and then go fetal on the floorboard. I once got caught in the wrong lane and had to go over Tampa's Sunshine Skyway Bridge at night in a cloud. Technically, it was fog, but when you're high enough to have to dodge the pearly gate, then, well, that's a cloud. I could see 10 feet in front of me, but I knew how high it was, which made it worse. I realized that you don't need a near-death experience to see heaven. It was about 20 feet to my right. For a moment, I thought I saw Gandhi in my back seat, but I realized later it was just a towel and a batting helmet. (laughs) Sorry. I really like that. (laughs) It gets worse. If you've ever driven the Skyway Bridge, you know it exits into a roundabout off-ramp, which in the cloud quickly bends into an on-ramp heading back onto the bridge. So it was my worst nightmare times two. I made it, but I was five pounds lighter and it took a spatula to pry my fingers off the steering wheel. In the last two weeks, I've had two good friends talk to me about my extreme fear of flying. And I'm guessing there are a lot more of us out there. So I wanted to share my successful therapy experience. I was a ritual flyer. At least that's what I called it. If I had to get on a plane, I needed every bit of good juju I could carry. My Xanax-induced stash include my lucky gold watch, a portable DVD player, little known fact, if you don't make eye contact with the Grim Reaper, he'll move to the people in the exit row, and cherry cough drops. I had not been in a plane crash while sucking cherry cough drops, so they were essential. I've never really had anything go wrong on a flight. I've been through some storms and I've had some bumps, but never one of those experiences that caused folks to swear off the friendly skies forever. The worst storm I was ever in was okay because I was sitting next to Rabbi Garfine and I figure he was pretty connected. My problem was that I would have overwhelming panic attacks. Apparently, if you've never had a near-death experience on a plane, other than the food, your therapeutic prescription is different. One regimen is to take a few flights with your therapist so they can experience your trigger points and work you through the moment. At least that's what I was told. I never got that far. I quickly realized that my health insurance didn't cover the series of flights that my new near-death buddy and I would be taking together. After calculating five round-trip tickets for two and realizing that it would be cheaper to relocate my relatives to Florida, I went for the reduced-rate half-cure learning to deal with my panic attacks. This is where the therapy gets pretty cool. My psychologist asked me a remarkably simple question. Do I believe the panic attacks can kill me? I really had never thought of them in those terms. Anyone who's had panic attacks knows you feel like they're going to kill you, but they never do. Deep down, through the tight chest, sweaty palms, rapid breathing, and graying light of a panic attack, you know you're not dying. It may be eight minutes of hell, but it's not death. So after I answered in the negative, he told me to just invite it when I feel one coming on. Tell my panic attack, come and get me. I know you're not going to kill me, so let's get it over with. Give me your best shot. I'm ready to freak out, so let's get on with it because I have things to do when it's over. So bring it on, panic boy. Look, I'm not a doctor, although I do occasionally wear rubber gloves. I'm only telling you what worked for me. I haven't had another panic attack, and today I fly without any problems, other than sitting next to the big sweaty guy from New Jersey. 
So you might want to give it a try. If it doesn't work, I've got a DVD player and a package of cherry cough drops you can have. I'm keeping the gold watch, just in case. And those are the unfriendly skies. Little did you know, you were going to get some helpful life advice from Gary today. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you next time on Banana Peel Boulevard.